Hi, I'm Malcolm Hawker, and this is the CDO Matters Podcast, the show where I dig deep into the strategic insights, best practices, and practical recommendations that modern data leaders need to help their organizations become truly data-driven. Tune in for thought-provoking discussions with data, IT, and business leaders to learn about the CDO matters that are top of mind for today's chief data officers. Hello, everybody. This is Malcolm Hawker, and this is a special 10th episode, amazing, of our CDO Matters podcast. And today, I'm going to do things a little bit differently. Instead of having a guest, it's going to be yours truly, uh, sharing some insights from my recent attendance at the Microsoft Ignite conference. Let me fix my camera here. It's a little low. Um, Before I dive into that, though, uh, in terms of the podcast, uh, I'm going to do a little retrospective (laughs) on our first 10 episodes. And by the way, if you haven't seen any of the first nine, I would certainly welcome you to check out uh, all the podcasts available through prophecy.com. There's a page, a podcast page, or available through all of your favorite providers, Apple, Google, Spotify, uh, you know the drill. Uh, But looking back, we, we started this podcast because... Well, well, really what I saw in the market was a lot of things that were just not working for CDOs, right? I saw a lot of the same old, same old. Uh, I'd look on LinkedIn. I would look on a various sites related, you know, that were providing best practices or white papers, uh, ex-Gartner analysts. So I know how things work from a best practice perspective at Gartner's and what, at Gartner and, and what I saw across all of these channels, across blogs and and consultant sites and analyst sites and everything was a lot of the same old, same old. A lot of the same messages that we've been hearing for years. We need to be more data-driven. We need to be more outcome-focused. We need to quantify the business impacts of, of, our, of our efforts around data governance and data quality and data management, and you name it. Uh, here's how you build an organization. Here's how you get stakeholder alignment. All of these things and what I see is a lot of same old, same old. And what I see less of is a lot of moving the needle results, right? We know that CDO tenures are very, very short from anywhere from two to two and a half years. They're half the average duration of the CIO. And yes, I acknowledge that the CDO world is relatively new and a lot of organizations are still relatively low in their in overall data maturity. Uh, and so there's a lot of headwind here against CDOs. And I acknowledge that. But when I look to the community of people like myself that are providing insights, providing best practices, providing kind of, you know, the tips and tricks, as it were, uh, on on how to be a better CDO, what I saw was a lot of the same old, same old and very little derivation off of those courses. Yet businesses have fundamentally changed. So business has changed. Things are evolving. Things are accelerating. We've got disruptions on a scale like we've never had before. Um, we've got digital transformation, digital acceleration. We, we've got changing consumer needs. We, we've got all sorts of things evolving in the business landscape. Yet, when it comes to data governance and data management, it's a lot of the same old, same old. So that's why we started the po- podcast. Um, that's why I'm, I'm particularly proud of a few of the episodes that we've done. All of the episodes have been great. But a few of the episodes that have really kind of, you know, I believe provided different perspectives for CDOs. When I think back... Most recently, episode nine with Laura Madsen. 
this is a person who recommends blowing up traditional approaches to data governance. I, I think back to the previous episode with Dr. Cheryl Flink, where she was talking about taking more human-centered uh, approaches to, to governance and data management and digital transformation. So looking back, there, there's some stuff that we've done that, 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 that is great um, and that is really kind of, I think, in many ways, challenging some of the status quo. And you can look forward to that, to more of that in the future, uh, in future episodes of CDO Matters. That's, that's really what I'm aiming for here is to try to shake the fruit from the tree and, and find new, more modern, shall we say, or different um, or maybe even irreverent approaches to data management that you may not be thinking about because out there in, in the sea of analysts and the, and the, the sea of, of insights and best practices, what I see a lot of is just the same old, same old. Some of that stuff does work, guys, right? So <laughs> don't get me wrong. We don't want to flush it all the way. We do want to be more outcome driven. We do want to quantify the impacts of business management. We do need data strategies. And sadly, we still need data governance, right? These things are going away. The foundations aren't going away. But how we do that is really, I think, where we need to be focused and finding different ways to execute against those strategies, different ways to you know, conceptualize creating a, a, a data and analytics organization, different ways uh, of thinking about your data strategy and, and building and defining and executing your data strategies. Th th these are the things that I really, really want to focus on as we move forward. So that's 10 episodes of CDO Matters. I'm, I'm really proud of the, the progress we've made. I look forward to hundreds more, hopefully as a CDO or other data and analytics leaders that you're getting value from the work that we're producing. So, on to Ignite. Um, let me share a, a few uh, uh, photos from, from the conference uh, as, as we go through this. Hopefully this will work on your screen. Um, uh, this was a photo that was taken uh, towards the end of the, uh, towards the end of the event on Thursday afternoon as, as people were kind of tearing things down and, and people were already leaving. That's why there's so very few people in the back of the, in the background here. Um, it, it's why uh, it doesn't look like a madhouse because generally through the previous two days, it had looked like a madhouse. There were a lot of people. There was a lot of noise. There was a lot of hubbub, which in some ways was good. But frankly, uh, by the end of day two, uh, I needed some serious uh, kind of noise and light detox. Uh, when I think about the event, that's kind of like the biggest takeaway that I've got, um, which was it was just like this massive sensory overload. As after this photo was taken, I look around, they're kind of calm and collected here. But uh, after this photo was taken, uh, I needed literally a two hour walk. I, I, this was downtown in the convention center in Seattle and I, and I walked all the way out to the Space Needle to try to decompress my brain after all the lights and, and, and input and, and just kind of sensory overload of the previous two days of this event. So it was very, very interesting. Kind of stepping back, the Microsoft Ignite conference is their big, is their Microsoft's big event of the year, right? So they, 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 they cover everything here from, from Windows to their hardware, their Surface uh, a tablet to you know operating system related stuff. Obviously, the cloud and Azure uh, network security, you name it. Ev everything that Microsoft does or sells or support is, is touched on on this event. Uh, it had over 200,000 attendees online. There were about 3,500 attendees that, uh, that were in person, including about the number I heard was around 3,000-ish Microsoft employees, which, which doesn't surprise me at all either. Uh, so in person, maybe about 6,000 people in the convention center, of which 3,500 were paid attendees. And then there were 200,000 people online, which is, which is a staggering number if you think about it. The people in person 
paid a decent chunk of money to be there. Um, I, I don't want to quote you know exact numbers, but it was thousands of dollars. And I was just struck by the number of people that I would run into who were from overseas, who had come from Brazil, or who had come from Argentina, who had come from Germany or even Asia. So there were a lot of people here that traveled from around the world to be at a conference that you could attend for free. Now, usually when you attend these conferences, you know, you expect a few things, right? The in-person event is supposed to be mostly about networking and interfacing and finding birds of a feather right? and, and being able to interact one-on-one -on -one with those people. But if there was one thing other than the sensory input and sensory overload, if there was one thing that was really kind of the, the biggest drawback of this conference was that it was as a data and analytics person, as somebody who lives in the CDO realm, it was really challenging to find anybody who was even remotely aligned to my world. I found that rather perplexing given one of the five kind of key pillars of, of the conference, one of the five kind of themes that were, that, that Satya, the, CT, the CEO outlined on day one was becoming a data-driven organization. This is one of the reasons why Prophecy sponsored this. Is one of the reasons why I attended is like, awesome, data-driven, let's do this. Uh, we certainly need more of that. Uh, but of the 3,500 attendees, I don't know the actual number, but I would be surprised, frankly, if if more than 100 of them were, were, were really kind of focused on data analytics and probably a significant subset of that were, were CDOs. I, I'd be surprised if there was a single, well, I, I would be surprised if there were over 10 CDOs there. I certainly didn't run into any. Um, Microsoft tightly controlled access to information about the attendees and had a lot of controls around access to attendee related information, even from a sponsorship perspective. Uh, so you really didn't kind of know going in what to expect from a networking uh, perspective and, and it just wasn't there. Um, so if you just kind of look at this, at this one photo, what you see uh, is in essence, I'm standing at this large stage, they called it the hub. It was a really unique layout where this, this hub was in the middle of a large expo hall. Uh, it was kind of like theater in the round. If you've ever gone to a theater experience, like, you know, like a Shakespearean theater experience where it's just a stage in the middle and you can, everybody can kind of encircle uh, that, that stage. Um, but this is where they would hold like the kind of like big message type uh, presentations where it was uh, the, the kind of the, the, the keynote as it were, uh, of, a, of, a, of a given of a given theme or of a given conference track, but they were running all day long on this stage. So about every 15 minutes to half hour, there was some other big presentation that was going on on this stage where it was just like kind of being in person at a large television event, right? I, the, the joke that I was telling is like, this seems like a combination of a, of a conference for, 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 for technology people and, and, and uh, at the Oprah Winfrey show where they would have these, you know, these big kind of productions where a producer would come on and say, okay, guys, we're live in five, four, three. And, and then all the lights would come on and, you know, and applause signs. Well, there wasn't any applause signs, but clearly they wanted you to clap. And, and, and surrounding the stage were all of these giant screens that was also kind of showing what they were, were taping or recording or, or, or streaming live online on, on this stage. So there was a lot going on and there was a lot of noise that was at this main stage that was pretty much constantly running through the entire two days. The odd thing here was, was that, you know, again, the 200,000 people that were watching these presentations online didn't pay anything, but the people that were there had paid. 
but this 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 kind of focus on this the, the production of of these presentations was just so overwhelming and so loud that it really made any sort of networking hard you didn't know where to find any of the birds of the feather you would go to some of the the, the presentations that were aligned to your world and and even then for for me uh the, the fit was just really 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 uh, uh tenuous and, and i think it would be the same for for any cdo who, who attended so um, we'll continue the, the discussion here, but I mean, the kind of the key takeaway here was a lot of sensory input. It was a very unique uh, format and uh, it was challenging to network. So is our uh, online events dead? Is, is this kind of like, does this signal some sort of, uh, you know, broader trend in the market here? No, I, I, I don't think so at all. I went to four different events. I'll leave through some of the, the photos that I took. Here's here's an example of of the taping of one of these types of events or one of these presentations where this was being streamed to the all 200,000 attendees. Um, so are online events or are on-site in-person events dead? Most certainly not. I, I went to four this year. I went to Ignite. Uh, I went to the DGIQ conference in San Diego. I went to the CDO IQ conference in, in, in Boston. Um, I went and I went to the Gartner conference, uh, data and analytics conference uh, in September in Orlando, and they were all full. They, they, they were they were completely full. Um, and so there's most certainly a demand for for on site events. Now, whether this is a kind of a just a post covid phenomenon, I, I really don't think so, because people want to interact and they want to network and they want to go find other people and, and meet their peers and understanding what their peers are doing to overcome data related challenges and so on and so forth. So I don't think at all that uh, on site conference experiences are dead. What I saw from my personal experiences this summer of the four events that I did attend, quite the contrary. Now, what does that mean, though, going forward for events that all of them, all the ones that I had attended, with the exception maybe of Gartner, I had some online component. So it's pretty clear that the conference uh, producers and the conference companies and the, and the software companies that are putting these conferences on are, are, are trying to get some form of a hybrid, hybrid experience. What would that hybrid experience look like? I'm not sure it would look very much like what I experienced at Ignite at all. When I did have a, ch have a chance to talk to people, uh, getting lunch or getting breakfast or running into people in the hallway, um, you know, I was out there pressing, you know, a lot of palms and having a lot of conversations. And every time that I did get the opportunity to talk to somebody, I asked them, what's your experience like? You know, are, are you enjoying the conference? Are you getting value for the thousands of dollars that you that you invested to come here? And to every one of those people, uh, I, 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 I promise you what I heard um, from, from every one of them was some expression that they felt that the online experience was was the dominant experience and that the on-site experience was kind of the second priority for attendees. Everybody said that they felt like the on-site ex the on-site experience was was kind of being sacrificed to this online experience and and that they weren't getting much from the on-site experience. And most of the people that I talked to said, yeah, I'm probably not going to come back next year. Because if I can do all this for free and have largely the same experience and, 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 and I don't get the benefit of networking, and I don't get the benefit of talking to vendors. That's another thing, by the way, there was no exhi exhibit hall, which I know a lot of people would like. But some people do actually enjoy interacting with vendors and being able to go talk to, to others about their solutions. 
Um, but if you don't get the networking, if you don't get to interact with vendors and you don't get the kind of the peer one-to-one uh, opportunities, well, then why would you attend in, in, in person, right? It would be really, really tough to justify spending thousands of dollars if you can do the exact same thing online. So what would, I think the question is, is that what would a good hybrid experience look like? Well, it wouldn't look like this, I don't think. I think it would look a little bit more like what I experienced at the CDOIQ conference on the MIT, conf uh, MIT campus uh, earlier this summer, where the, the premium, the focus, the priority was clearly the on-site experience, where you paid several thousands of dollars for the on-site experience, but then you paid a few hundred for the online experience, where in that event, all of the presentations were being streamed online and they were leveraging the infrastructure of MIT. And that was pretty cool. So you know, the online streaming, every presentation was streamed online. They did have a, an app, it was called Hova, which I thought was fantastic, really, really well executed, where if you were online, you could interact with the content, you could chat, and where there was a moderator in every single room that was responding to the chat. So at the end of every presentation, when it was, when it was Q and A time, uh, the moderator would, would look to the HOVA app and would get questions from, uh, you know, in the room and then they'd get questions from online and people could type in their questions. And it was, it was very, very well executed where the premium was still the on-site experience where all the presentations were on-site and, you know, you could meet the presenter, you could still meet some of the vendors, you could network. And there was a big premium around networking, meeting other CDOs and talking about challenges and, and meeting other, other, others in your space but where there was an online experience as well, where you could attend every presentation and where you could interact virtually. To me, that experience was a great hybrid experience. Ignite was just pretty much all online. I don't really understand why anybody would want to attend a person. Looking at this, this photo that I've got up, um, here's a great example of some of the things that I was talking about, where you have the stage, the hub, you can see up in the top left there uh, is just the edge of one of the screens. Top right is another edge of one of the screens. So, the, so this whole round area was covered with screens where they, were, where they were amplifying the sound that was coming from the main screen or from the main stage, I should, I should say. Um, but all surrounding all around is where you would do things like expert meetups. So they did like kind of a genius bar type thing where you could go and meet up with, with experts uh, on partner solutions or on Microsoft solutions. But to have those one-on-one -on -one conversations at the kind of the genius bar type experience, and maybe that's you know, my, uh, Microsoft would, wouldn't enjoy me uh, using a, an Apple metalog, uh, metaphor here. Um, but at the expert meetups, uh, there was so much noise coming from behind you that you'd pretty much have to be yelling to somebody to ask your question. And I think for a lot of people that, that would be kind of demotivating that you wouldn't want to try to go have a compelling deep question about some, you know, really complex technical challenge while you've got a TV show blaring over your shoulder. You can see her over the extreme right. There's like one of the boom mics. There were multiple boom mics over in the left. In a TV studio. Here's, an, here's, here's another photo where uh, you can see, like, again, here, the key presentation here is about a new Windows 11 release. Interesting. Uh, as a CDO, not that compelling to me. I don't manage desktops, but okay, it's interesting. But, you know, where you can see all these people that were kind of uh, crowded around the hub, these were the attendees. You can see up on these giant screens where uh, the, the content that was being presented on the stage is being presented on the screen. Uh, and, and over on the right-hand side, you've got kind of real-time chat 
uh, which, which was interesting, where there were people that were there in person that were on their phones, you know, head down, uh, that were, you know, that were interacting with, with the presentation virtually, and it's being presented on the, on this, on the kind of the live stream, but they're standing right there. You, you see, you see this often, right? Where you go to a presentation and there's somebody in person, but the, somebody's got their head down and they're, and they're watching the presentation like on, on their screen. Uh, and, and no judgment there. Um, but it was just, a, it's just a little bit of an interesting situation. Something else that was rather odd was that um, a number of the presentations that didn't happen on this main stage, right? That didn't happen on the hub. So if you kind of look around, you kind of see to the back there, there's like pod six, you can see kind of pod eight. They had these all surrounding the hub. They had these, they called them pods and they were kind of like breakout type rooms, but they really weren't rooms. There were like three quarter, three fourths of a room. So there was two walls and a back wall, but it was all open to the front where the front of the pod would be exposed to all the noise coming from this hub. Um, but, but anyway, where one of the odd things was, is that, you know, they, they would be giving presentation in these pods. So it was a presentation about, you know, rolling out Microsoft Teams or some other strategic initiative from Microsoft. And that, that's, that's cool. And then there'd be on the presentation, there'd be some, uh, some vice president, you know, giving a presentation about something important. And what happened to me was that I was watching one of these presentations. I can't remember exactly what it was for, but I'm watching one. And then I, and, and I see this person, no, oh, so-and-so, you know, Vice President, Corporate, Microsoft. I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. And then I look over, and, and she's standing right next to me. <laughs> it was like, and I'm like, I'm looking at the screen, and then and then she then she waves, and it was it was kind of funny. It was just like this. I'm like, wait a minute, you have a doppelganger? Like, do you, do you have like? Is it no, no, that's you. Um, that that's you. I struck up a conversation with her. She was she was lovely. It was great. But um, to make a long story short, a lot of the presentations from Microsoft executives were pre-recorded including the keynote, right? So, so the keynote, the, the 9 a.m. of the first day, the CEO of Microsoft, his keynote was entirely pre-recorded. I don't know, that just, to me, it was like, okay, wait a minute, Could, would, would Mark Benioff pre-record uh, a session at, at, at Dreamforce, right? Would, would others, I, I, don't, I don't know. Again, no judgment. Um, maybe they had anticipated in doing all of this online and then the move to, on, to, to onsite was a last minute thing. I, I don't know. But, you know, for the money, right, uh, doing everything pre-recorded, just, it, I don't know, it's just, it, was just, it was just a little weird. Uh, here's one example. This, this photo here is, uh, this is one of the kind of the breakout type sessions um, where you'd have one presenter. You can, you can see this person here. This one was about Microsoft Viva. Um, uh, and how to deploy Microsoft Viva. And, and this was one of the, the uh, busiest kind of breakouts that I ever saw. Typically, the, you know, the attendance was maybe about a third of this for the average breakout. Um, but you've got this one person there presenting on a, on a relatively small screen that is being streamed online. And then and you can see there's one little speaker there on a pedestal. Um, and they got one little, or one little speaker um, to amplify the sound into this giant room where directly behind everybody, um, actually over to the left, was that hub where there was some other TV production going on, where there was a ton of noise. Directly over to the left is another one of these expert meetups where there's a ton of noise coming from there um, and, and on and on. So um, just, just a really, really interesting experience. Um, here's another shot of the, the hub, which was the, the main stage. And I can't even imagine how much money we're looking at from, 
<laughs> from an audiovisual uh, uh, perspective here, like you know the the, the boom uh, equipment and and cameras and and all of those lights, and you, you can kind of see here. There's there's three people, so they're having kind of like a fireside type chat, which was a, which was a common format. At the very least, though, these, these folks were, were were there and having the conversation. Um, uh, interestingly, this this was in advance of th this was. I took this photo while the keynote was happening. So they were setting up for the next presentation uh, on the hub, but you can see just over on the on the extreme right there. That's actually the uh, the CEO of of, uh, of Microsoft as he's giving his keynote. So this is this 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 amount of activity was even happening while there was a keynote, but just you know so much money being spent clearly on all the AV and the production, which was flawless by the way, at least from my perspective, being on 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 site. I don't know if it was, you know, flawlessly executed while uh, while people the two hundred thousand were watching online, but uh, but yeah, this will give you some idea of the amount of money that was spent to execute on this, which is uh, uh, certainly not not trivial. Uh, here's examples of those pods that I was talking about. This is a, one of the more calmer points of the uh, of the presentation, maybe uh, maybe earlier in the morning or later in the afternoon. I can't quite recall. Um, but where you can see, like, these are where the breakouts would happen, right? Where, so these are where the individual session tracks would happen. They had one little separate area that was, was kind of an auxiliary, auxiliary area in another area of the convention center that was, uh, for, for separate conversations, but most of the content was presented in these pods, 11, 12, 13. Uh, we actually did a presentation in, in pod 13, which turned out to be less than optimal because it was closer to that hub. So that we were competing with what was happening on that hub, and again, from a sound perspective, it was just it was just really really tough. You couldn't put a lot of people in the in those pods, uh, just just from from size limitations. Over in the left is is the uh, is the expert meetup. There you can kind of see just kind of the edge of what might be that 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 genius bar type experience. Uh, they did have a lot of seating areas. That was nice, where you could sit down. Uh, rather common to see people, uh, you know, face down on their on their phones or their laptops as they were watching online content. Um, it, it, you know, online there was five x the, uh, the the options, maybe even more than that. Frankly, guys, like six x seven x, like for every one on site presentation, there were seven or eight or nine that were going on online, which is good, but. You know, and maybe I had a poor strategy here uh, because I was like, okay, I want, I, I, I'm going to prioritize online because I want to be able to go and talk to people and meet other people and meet the presenters. Uh, so I didn't, I, I consciously chose not to participate in some of those online uh, presentations. Maybe I should have uh, in, in retrospect because attending those individual events were again was was just tough it was even just tough to, to hear uh, a lot of what was uh, a lot of what was going on and it wasn't just the hub where there were large screens uh, they had other large screens uh set up in certain areas where you could actually on a large screen you can kind of see it towards the back of this photo the back left of the photo um where it was interesting where you could go and sit and watch a uh, a stream of a presentation from from wherever wherever that stream was coming from. They had multiple uh, uh, locations that were creating content, so it wasn't just Seattle. They had they had London. Uh, they had uh, I think uh, a location in Germany, in France, uh, uh, Sydney, Australia, I believe. So they had these kind of kind of hub and spokes where there were other places that were producing content as well, where you could go watch that content. Um, but but in this kind of smaller area where I don't know if you've ever done a silent disco, 
<laughs> where where you go put on the headset and and you're hearing your music and maybe somebody else is hearing their music but like like i call them the silent discos where you could go to a silent disco to watch uh and participate in an online presentation that wasn't happening on site um i only did that once though um just again because it was like hey my company's paying for me to be here i got to be out there shaking hands man i i, I don't want to be in the silent disco um when maybe maybe i should have been um i don't know but it was uh, again clearly the, the focus was was kind of online um so that's 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 in a nutshell that's ignite Let, let's really kind of summarize here i'll i'll stop sharing um you know what worked and what didn't work from an ignite perspective well we've already talked about a lot of the things that didn't work um you know when i look back on top of just the kind of the, the overall experience uh the food certainly didn't work oh boy like i've had some bad food at conferences um i've had some pretty good food at conferences uh, frankly so just came back from gartner where yeah it's you know it's it's food for the masses and maybe the chicken is a little overdone or the fish is a little dry boohoo right but you've got a protein you've got some sort of starch you've maybe got even a little bit of the salad you've got some vegetables it's 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 a square meal and and there's some attempt to make it taste pretty good and, and there's some effort to, to provide a hot meal that that's going to fill you up and provide that energy that you need to get through that the busy afternoon of a conference that was Gartner. That was certainly CDOIQ, certainly DG, uh, Data Governance Information Quality, where, where there's an attempt to provide some, some decent quality food. Oh boy, not at Ignite. Uh, it, yeah, it, I mean, you know, the, 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 the burrito, right? Like, so here's your lunch burrito where the the wrapper it was a kind of there was a layer of paper and a layer of foil but where the paper had kind of fused into the 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 tortilla shell so it was this combo paper cord melange uh with the stuffing inside that was mystery stuffing like oh it's oh it's just bad um thankfully i'm gluten-free uh, so I went over to the kind of the special table, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm watching others eating and I'm watching others reaction as they're going through this food. Uh, and, and both over both days, it was just like, oh my goodness. Uh, but I was gluten-free. Uh, and so for me, it was the vegan option. There wasn't a specific gluten-free option. It was, okay, get, get, do vegan or, or, or do nothing. I, it turned out the vegan option actually was slightly better, but, but still, uh, it was like these, this little cup, like you would like, at the Froyo place, you know, you the, about that size of cup that you get Froyo in. I don't know what that is. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't do uh, imperial measures very, very good. Uh, 15 ounces, 16 ounces, whatever that is. Like, I don't know. Um, but a little cup full of like rice and um, uh, it, it's not, it's not meat like the, the, the faux meat um, and, and, and some beans and uh, kind of dried out uh not very tasty but at least there was you know there was there it, it was edible but yeah whew, food was uh food was 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 not good um what else didn't really work that well i, I mentioned this just an incredible diversity of events and a diversity of topics uh tough to tough to network um it, tough to find anybody that was focused on data and analytics 
Uh, the portal was not really that well optimized for the mobile experience. It didn't feel like uh, the amb the ambiance already talked about that. Uh, it was like being in a, a casino and a, and a, a TV studio. Um, so enough picking on Microsoft. What what did work? Um, well, I, I think I think the online experience was probably exceptional. I, I just don't know because I didn't participate in that because I paid a lot of money to be there in person. But I suspect the online experience was fantastic. If you went. And you are you know you participated online. Uh, you've got some comments here. Please, please add them to the comment section because I'd love to hear it. Uh, what else worked? The snacks were the best snacks I've ever had, without a doubt. So in the afternoons, like instead of the you know here's your cookie or your cake or some other high sugar thing that's going to put you to sleep from three to five p.m., um, the snacks were great. It were, there were like kind bars. There were Jack Link's jerky. There was fruit. There was uh, uh, sodas of, of every of every sort imaginable, plus water. Uh, that certainly worked. There was a lot of comfy places to sit. I'll, I'll, I'll give them that. The Seattle Conference Center was was relatively easy to navigate and easy to get around, and it wasn't like those giant places in Vegas where you, your feet get sore going from one end to the other. So it was relatively compact and relatively easy to navigate. Um, those were a few of the areas where, where it was done well. Um, there was a lot of content. Uh, there was a lot of insight. It just wasn't that relevant to the average CDO. I would have a really hard time recommending for, for any CDO to, to go. Um, and even the data-centric presentations were really not really about data. They were about infrastructure. Right, they were about you know uh, using a, a, a Azure and the uh, intelligent data platform, uh, how to migrate to the cloud and and why you should be in the cloud and how to do better analytics in the cloud. But it really wasn't around the how to. It was it was around the infrastructure. It was around the technology. So if you're a CDO that's looking for best practices, that's looking for you know, guidance and what other people are doing and, and the how to implement and how to how to operationalize your data, how to get business value from your data. You didn't get that at all at Ignite. What you got was how to how to stand up a, an infrastructure for data management, right? How, how, to, how to deploy a data governance technical solution, aka purview, how to deploy, uh, uh, you know, uh, large scale data warehouses, data lakes uh, in the cloud. Okay, um, those things are important, but more than likely for a lot of the CDOs that I work with, that's the CIO's problem. That's not necessarily the CDO's problem. So I'd have a really, really tough time recommending for a lot of CDOs to attend next year. All right, guys, that's it for episode 10 of CDO Matters. Thanks so much for coming along for the ride. Really welcome to check out any previous episodes of the podcast. I can't look forward enough to the next 10 and then the 10 after that and the 10 after that. We're going to continue to improve. We're going to continue to have great guests. We're going to have great topics and we're going to continue to kind of shake the fruit from the tree here uh, uh, to get better per perspectives, new perspectives and more modern perspectives on how to become more data driven. So with that, I will say thanks for coming. Thanks for being here and listening and we'll see you on the next episode.